Hey everybody, we're actually throwing out a .5 episode for this one. So this will be episode 46.5. Uh, if you want to make sure to go back and listen to or watch episode 46 on iTunes or on YouTube, uh, that was How to Eat Like an Athlete. That was a roundtable discussion where we basically made AJ give us all the information we needed on how to help gauge the competitive athlete and what they need to eat. But we realized after the episode had ended that we might have missed a couple things and so aj does a great job addressing it in this short episode uh, when we say short it's only about seven and a half eight minutes long so easy to listen to not our traditional 45 minutes to an hour but this will make up for all the things that you might be missing on the weekends or on off days or potentially what to do with if you're injured so we highly recommend you check it out and make sure you go back and check out episode 46 as well Hey everyone, uh, by the time you see this, we should have a roundtable discussion posted on Clinical Blue Press site about different nutritional strategies when it comes to high-level athletes uh, with kind of a particular focus on really how to establish energy requirements and then looking at macronutrient distribution, how to determine how much protein, carbs, fats, etc. that an athlete might need, but we, we kind of thought after the fact that there were a few things that we overlooked and probably should uh, record some kind of follow-up on to just kind of add to that. And those particular topics were, one, uh, what to do on off days. So do you still need to eat the same amount of overall calories, the same, again, macronutrients and things like that if you're not actively training on any particular day? And I would say for the most part, yes, you should probably stay pretty close to your daily overall caloric requirements and then even macronutrient requirements that's just if you're not training for one day so if you're training six days a week that seventh off day you should still probably be eating pretty close because you're still going to be needing a lot of energy to help just facilitate recovery and also prepare for subsequent days of training moving forward into the future so that's kind of how i tend to approach that now if we look at extended time off beyond that so an athlete goes home for christmas break they're not going to be really training or working out at the same level for almost like a two-week period then we'll probably need to lower calories a little bit and usually where i kind of take those away quote unquote will be mostly from their their daily carbohydrate allotment because carbohydrates the one Nutrient out of the three that you can kind of think of as a, a daily reservoir, almost look at it more so like your primary gas, your primary fuel. So if you're not needing a lot of gas or fuel on any particular day because you're not training, you're not competing, you're not burning through that fuel source, you don't really need to eat a lot of it. Whereas proteins and fats, they have much more kind of specific structure functions within the body to help increase protein synthesis, maintain lean body mass, maintain proper hormone function, and all kinds of other physiological benefits, I guess, from consuming those. Whereas carbohydrates, again, they mostly 
are designed to just help maximize fuel availability. So if you're going through extended periods of time uh, uh, where you're not actively training, again, you could probably eat less amount of calories, and then I would reduce most of those from your carbohydrate uh, requirements for any particular day. The other kind of scenario where you may not necessarily need to eat as much is if an athlete gets injured. So they're out for an injury of whatever kind. And a lot of times people's first instinct is to, you know, absolutely reduce calories and, and macronutrients and things like that because they're, you know, they're not training. They might have that fear like they're going to be gaining weight. But in reality, injury is a pretty energy demanding process with a particular emphasis on protein. So protein needs actually stay the same, if not even go up a little bit during a period of injury or illness. So you can't necessarily severely restrict calories or energy throughout the injury recovery process because again, your body needs a lot of calories, energy, protein to help just facilitate tissue repair, immune function or whatever the injury or illness happens to be. Um, again, if that's an extended period of time off because of injury, we're talking weeks, months, overall you will probably reduce total energy intake, I'd say you know, maybe 20%, somewhere around that range. But again, I would, I would keep protein probably where it is on a consistent basis. And then, uh, like I said, kind of in the previous scenario, I would reduce most of those calories from your carbohydrate uh, requirements just because, again, you're not going to be burning through glycogen and, and stored carbohydrates nearly as much because you're not actively training. So those are big things that we wanted to just kind of address as a follow-up. Uh, is again just kind of what to do when you're not actively training and there's a lot of other advanced nutritional strategies out there in this realm of kind of nutritional periodization if we call it that um, so there's a lot of ways that athletes try to maximize the metabolic related adaptations of of training with kind of a particular focus on increasing fuel efficiency or their ability to use maybe more fats as a fuel during long distance endurance types of events. So sometimes athletes will do like a train low, compete high type of strategy where they're training in a glycogen depleted state or almost in a fasted state where they have very low carbohydrates available for training, but that's intentional. They're their purpose for doing that is to try to maximize specific metabolic adaptations that would help them burn more fat as a fuel source. So they train that way or they go through a few training scenarios or sessions, again, in that kind of glycogen depleted state. But then when it comes to race week and race day, they kind of flip gears a little bit and they go through more of a carbohydrate loading protocol and follow your traditional high carbohydrate recommendations, hoping to get the best of both worlds. So their thought process is that by training in that glycogen depleted state, again, now they have certain metabolic related adaptations that make them better adept at burning fat. And then you pair that with a high carb strategy leading into that race. So you have a lot of fuel available. You're also in theory, better at burning fat as a fuel source. So again, there's a lot of advanced strategies like that when it comes to nutritional periodization that are out there. So if you've ever heard of that, that's kind of what they're really pertaining to. So if you have any other questions, just let us know about what to do during periods of injury, off time, etc., and how that may influence your daily nutritional requirements.